teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now as Pastor Joe Petting concludes his two-part message from the book of 2 Peter, chapter 2. We're told that, you know, God even says, test me in this and see if I won't, you know, open the heavens and pour out upon you when you do that. And, and it's a wonderful thing. So sometimes, if anything, I think I go to the other extreme where I worry about, I'm not explaining it enough to you that the truth is that, that you know, tithing is important. And God, you know, we, we, it belongs to the Lord. And as we bless the Lord with the first fruits of our, of our increase, then God, you know, takes care of us and blesses us. And I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, Lord, what, you know, that's awesome. And, and God has you know, more than provided for all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So if anything, I know I can go the other way, but the warning is, and it's very clear here, by covetousness, and there's, there's those that are covetous, and, they, and please don't get me wrong. There's good teachers on the radio, good teachers on the Bible that, that teach, and they ask, you know, at the end of their, their message, they say, you know, if you want to support this ministry. I'm not talking about that. I, I'm talking about these that, that talk about prosperity all the time. They're talking about giving, and, you know, give God, ten, you know, give him $1,000. He's going to give you 10000 You give him right now. I just, and, and all that, and they keep going on and on and on. According to God's word right here, that's how you detect. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to preserve for judgment. So for if God didn't spare them, basically, what do you think he's going to do with false teachers? That's scary. In context, it's, it's referring to, you know, God didn't spare the angels who sinned. So if these guys continue in their way, God's going to judge them. Judgment's going to come upon them. And, you know, sometimes I think, you know, I believe this is a warning to those that are doing that or fleecing the flock or those that are, are, are false teaching and being deceptive and lying to the people. And they know that they're doing it. God's going to deal very severely with them. And this is a warning and I believe it's a warning to say, you, maybe you don't feel the judgment now. Maybe you don't, because you think you're getting away with it, that it's, it's going to be okay. And don't be deceived. And I believe it's a reminder for us that, you know, God doesn't smile on sin. So if, don't think because you're not being corrected that it's okay. And I think some people think that way. I used to think that way before I knew the Lord. Crazy thing. When I, before I knew the Lord, I believe with all my heart, you know, my mother, my mother was a Christian and I believe that she prayed on her deathbed. I was five months old, uh, a baby when she died. And I believe she dedicated me to the work of the Lord and, and that uh, she prayed over my life. And so growing up, I could never get away with any. It seemed like every, I do something wrong. I get caught instantly. I hung out with the wrong people. They would get busted. I would be in the group with them. And it was like, God was saying, don't hang out with these guys. I knew it was God. But there was times that, you know, I, I wasn't corrected immediately. And I thought, because I wasn't corrected immediately, well, maybe God's okay with this. 
but it was sin. And I thought, well, you know, nothing too bad is happening to me. Maybe this is okay. And I would continue in that destructive way. And we have to be aware of that as Christians. If you don't get caught, you're thinking, oh, it's okay. I didn't get caught. No, God sees everything. God never smiles on sin. Sin is always to be you know, confessed to him. It's always to be repented of. It's always to be turned away from. It's destructive. And as the warning goes out to the false prophets and the false teachers, you know, that you will, there, there will be a judgment. Well, the warning goes out for us to say, you know, don't think because you're not getting corrected or you're not getting caught. You know, don't ever think that. We're to walk circumspectly. We're to walk in the ways of the Lord. We're to always you know, confess our sins to him and repent of these ways. And that's always healthy. When you confess it to him, he's faithful and just to forgive you. He cleanses you. So, so you know, keep that balance. But if you're practicing sin, if you're in this house today and you're practicing sin and you're thinking nobody knows and I'm getting away with it, well, turn away from that. God never smiles on sin. He never looks favorably upon sin. So if you're thinking you're getting away with it, it's not good because God sees it all. He's, as it says here, did you notice, though? Check this out. He didn't spare the angels who sinned. Apparently, there was some angels, fallen angels, that are chained in hell right now, waiting for judgment. But we know that they're not all chained, because we know that Satan roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. There's a third of the angels were cast out. And so some of them are roaming the earth. Some of them are creating havoc on lives and they're, they're walking around. But there's some that were so bad that they, they've been chained in darkness. They're chained in hell. And some believe that these angels were the, the ones, the fallen angels, when, you know, when it talks about in Genesis 6, where, the, where angels were having relations with the women, and they think that it just, they, went, they crossed the line so bad that God just chained them up. Some believe, we don't have enough commentary here. We don't know. It doesn't say in the Bible. We're not sure. Some believe that these angels that are in this lower pit, this hell here, talks about the, the, basically a low pit in hell, a, a place of destruction. That's where they're at. They're being held. Some believe that in the book of Revelation chapter 9, when the, 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 the demonic realms released from the bottomless pit, that these angels are going to come out one day and they're going to be released back onto the earth. Possibly. But there's some that are chained, cast down, and they're reserved for judgment. And then one day, they'll end up in the lake of fire for all eternity. And God did not spare, verse 5, the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world, the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. It's a heavy-duty warning going out, I believe, to, to those that are ungodly, those that are deceptive, those that are false teachers, to, to wake everyone up to, you know, to say God judges sin. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He destroyed the people in the day of the flood. It's an example. This is heavy stuff, isn't it? It really is. Because we look at this, if we're born again, we're blood-bought, we're walking in the Spirit, then you're like, whoa, thank you, Lord. And it should, you know, for me, I look at it and think, whoa, Lord, thank you that you saved me from destruction. Thank you that you, you know, through Jesus, we were pulled out of this destruction. But God... You know, he dealt with the ancient world in Noah's day. He dealt with Sodom and Gomorrah. He's going to deal with the false teachers. Another thing I see with all of this 
if God dealt so harshly with, you know, he's talking about the false teachers and how he's going to deal so harshly and he doesn't take it lightly. I think it's another warning for us not to take it lightly when there's deception around us, when people are deceptive or false teachers are around. If he, God doesn't take it lightly, we're not to take it lightly. We're to, you know, turn away from that. And I think even occasionally we can, you know, think it's okay. Let's, oh, it's okay. You know, they're, they're 99% off. They're, they're 60% off. Most of the stuff I really like what they, I like what they say. And we, we watch sometimes or we can or listen to, you know, pastor teachers that, that we know that they're off. And it's a warning because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little garbage being taught can really, you know, mess you up. Planting that seed, deception. Occasionally, we, we have people come into our midst that they'll go around to the, the people in the congregation and they'll, you know, they're deceptive. I'll talk with them sometimes and they're just deceptive and they twist scriptures and they're like, it's, it's wrong. And there's a few years back when we first started in this building here, we, we had to sit one person down. He was going around and just creating havoc and, you know, doing, twisting this stuff. And it's just... And, you know, God doesn't deal lightly with this. He's, he deals harshly. He's going to deal harshly with them. We recently had someone else here that was being deceptive just recently. And he was going around telling stories about his family and how his family lost his family and all this stuff. And it was just deceptive. We fell for it. We thought, really? That's, you know, wow. And we did our best to reach out to him and help him. And then we had neighbors from Broadmoor. Two different neighbors came over here to warn us about him. They have things missing from their home and he's taking things and he's doing all this other stuff. And he, they were warning the church, warning us, saying this guy is destructive. He's a liar. All the things that he's saying, they're lies. And it's true. They were lies. God doesn't like deception. And delivered righteous Lot, verse 7, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. I love this. Remember the story of Lot? It's a great story, isn't it? He lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. He lived with the sexual perversion was all around him. God sent two angels to, to go in and to, to basically rapture him, to pull him and his family out. Remember his wife? What did she do? Remember the story? She turned around. She looked back. And what, did she, what happened to her? She turned into a pillar of salt. What a warning. Don't look back. But, you know, it's a, it's a good picture of the rapture. How, you know, he lot lived around perversion and garbage. And, and it, it, it tormented his soul. And I think about the world we live in. It's, it, it is, it's perverse. It's ugly. And, and one day, if we're the generation that's going to be raptured, just like Lot was snatched up, we're going to be caught up. The rapture, caught up together with him in the cloud to be with the Lord forever and ever. I'm an escapist. I'm an, I, I want to escape. I don't know about you guys. I mean, there's some around us there's, you know, that don't believe that the rapture is going to take place until you know, the middle of the tribulation. Some believe you know, at the end of the tribulation. Not me. We're not appointed is the next we're going to look at here. We're not appointed to wrath. It doesn't make sense. 
When Abraham knew that the, the angels were going to go in and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he says, well, would you destroy the city if there was you know, 50 righteous? And God says, no, I wouldn't do that. 45, 40, 30, 30 you know, no. And finally went down to 10. What if there's 10 righteous there? Would, would you destroy the city? And God said, no, I won't destroy the city if there's, if there's even 10 righteous. Well, guess what? There wasn't even 10 righteous but even the very few, he, God made sure he raptured them. He caught them. He took hold of them. He took their hands. He, the, the angels pulled Lot and his family out. If that's not a good picture of the rapture, I don't know what is. And think of this, you know, and I'm sure, you know, I'm preaching to the choir. You guys know all this stuff. And just a great reminder for us, though, that, you know, the time of tribulation, the Bible makes it very clear that it, it's God's wrath poured out basically upon an earth that's rejected the Lord, that's rejected Jesus Christ. So God's wrath is being poured out. I don't see God taking us as his bride. And then he's going to beat up his bride, pour out his wrath and his punishment on his bride after he's taken us out of darkness and he's clothed us with white robes of righteousness. Now he's going to you know, beat us up. And then some people say, well, no, no, no. We, you know, we're going to suffer persecution. Yeah, we'll suffer persecution. That's from the world. But the time of tribulation, that's uh, the, the wrath of God being poured out. So I don't believe we're going to be in, you know, in the world at that time. We're going to be taken out. He delivered righteous Lot, and he's going to deliver us. Something else I want to point out. Did you guys catch this? Three times in these two verses, Lot's called righteous. Righteous Lot, righteous Lot, righteous Lot. Does anybody know the story of Lot? Would you say is righteous Lot? Would that be a good word you would describe Lot? You say righteous Lot. Picked the best land. Drank till he didn't know what was going on. Did all kinds of crazy stuff. Lived in perversion. Righteous Lot. And I believe he was righteous because he was a believer and he believed and he was looking forward to the coming Messiah and that made him righteous. And it fascinates me that we look at the New Testament, and not only does it call Lot righteous once, but three times he's righteous, he's righteous, he's righteous. And that's very encouraging to me. If Lot was righteous, wow, I'm not so bad. <laughs> and as we believe, it's accounted to us as righteousness. As he believed, it was counted to him as righteousness. We're righteous because we believe our faith makes us righteous. It's accounted. It's imputed to us. It's added to our account. The righteousness of Christ has been given to us in our account because of our faith in Jesus Christ, believing that he died on the cross, believing that he, he was buried, believing that he rose again on the third day. I like that. With all this heavy stuff about false teachers and all this stuff, I like this part. Righteous Lot. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. If the Lord knows how to pull righteous Lot and his family out, then he knows how to deliver us out of temptations. God knows how to deliver us when we're tempted. Look for that help. When temptation comes, look for the help. Look for an escape. There's always an escape 
1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation is overtaking you except that's common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but will, with that temptation, will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. There's always an escape there. Look for it. There's always one. Every time, every time the temptation comes, I, there's always an escape. There's always a way out. There's always an open door. You know, something's always there waiting for you. She's saying, run. Take this way. Go that way. There's a side door. You know, just, and then he'll give you a warning. Every time, look for that. I remember the time I, you know, someone called me up. I, I've shared this before. Then called me up and out of the blue just blasted me. Blah, 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 blah. And he's blasting me. You know, I'm like, what was that all about? And I hung up the phone and, and I was like, man, it just tore me. I mean, it wasn't even founded. I was like, what was that all about? So I thought, well, I'm going to call him up and give him a piece of my mind too. So I'm calling the phone like this. And I hit send and it failed. And I was like, wait a second. Just hit send and it failed. And I was like, oh, they're... And I was like, the Lord was saying, this is your escape. Don't call him right now. So I called him anyhow. No, no, I didn't. No, 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 no I didn't. No. <laughs> but I knew it was the Lord shutting that off, telling me, take the escape. You are in the flesh right now. What you're going to say will not be good. Trust me. Basically, it was telling me, don't do it. And there's times where we have to run away from those conversations until you know, we can maintain and, and, and press in and, and be in the spirit. And I advise that. But he'll always provide an escape. He knows how to deliver you out of temptation. So don't ever say, oh, pastor, oh, so-so. You don't understand. It's just too much for me. I didn't know. I, I tried everything. And No, no. The Bible says that there's an escape. It won't be too much that you can bear. Just don't put yourself in that place of temptation. If you struggle with certain things, then stay away from those areas that you struggle in. I mean, that's just you know, common sense. You don't want to go, you know, you struggle with whatever, you know, and you struggle with alcohol, but you want to hang out at the bar, you know, just, it just doesn't make sense. You can't do that. None of us can do that. The, the area that, that we're weak in, we have to stay away from those areas. It's common sense. Then you blame it on the devil. Oh, the devil made me do it. It was the devil. And I tried. I tried so hard. No, we have to stay away from those areas. And God will always provide an escape for you. He knows how to deliver the godly. But I believe this is talking about that. That word temptation could also be translated time of trial. And I believe that it's also speaking about how God knows how to deliver us. As he delivered Lot from the wickedness. He can deliver us during the time of trial. And I believe there's a, a very good, strong hint here that when the time of trial, when the time of tribulation hits this earth, God knows how to deliver us out of that, that we will be delivered out of that. God has not appointed us to wrath. Verse 10, two more verses, some sense here. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. There's going to be a day of judgment, the white throne judgment for all the unbelievers, all the unjust, all the false teachers. There's going to be a day of judgment, a white throne judgment, and they will be cast out for all eternity into the lake of fire. Then, and especially those. So he's going to deal with those that are false, those that are ungodly, but especially those. Look at this. Especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness, talking about sexual perversion, and despise authority. 
They are presumptuous, self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. So those especially will be dealt with, uh, that they walk in the flesh. They're not in the spirit. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They live in uh, sexual perversion. They despise authority. As believers, we're to submit to the authorities that God puts in our lives. You never want to despise authority. You never want to argue and, and create havoc on those that God has over you. It, it cre- it's it's going to only create problems for you. So, But these are talking about those that are just in the world and they don't listen to anybody. They're self-willed. They do what they want. Word self-willed means they, they please themselves. They're self-seeking. They're arrogant. I was all the above before Jesus Christ. And that's something we have to fight over. We, that self-will. Isn't something sometimes, even as children, you see some children, you, you hear parents say it even, oh, that one's real self-willed. <laughs> no, just, they have a strong will. And you see that. You, I've seen over the years, you see these little kids, they're real strong, self-willed as a kid, and they grow up and they're still strong and self-willed. And if it's harnessed, if it's repented of, and it's submitted unto the Lord, they become great leaders. But unless it's submitted and it's, it's harnessed and it creates great destruction and these obviously are ones that are not repentive. They're not turning away and they will be judged. So it's, you know, warnings for us to, to push away from these areas, repent of these areas, not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. These are government officials, people in high authorities. We have to be careful. It's, it's hard because when we see, when we see our government going away, we don't like when we see, you know, the government, you know, making terrible decisions. When we see laws going down the pike that are just ungodly, you know, we're to fight. I believe with all my heart, we're to fight against ungodly laws that come our way. We should vote. We should vote again. You know, you get some that are so passive. They say, oh no, well, we're not to get involved in, in politics. We're not to get along, you know, get, you know, involved in, you know, with those things with, you know, whatever they say, I don't know, but it's like they go to one extreme. It's almost like it's terrible. No, we're to vote. We're to pray. We're to come against ungodly decisions. This whole thing with, with children in schools allowed, you know, boys and girls allowing to go, to go in the same restrooms and locker rooms and all that, you know, that, that doesn't even make sense to me. Common sense tells you that's just wrong. It's ungodly. And we're to fight for those things. We're to fight against those things. But we need to be careful to, you know, there's a respect for, you know, for the, the authorities, that position itself. We have to have a respect for that position. You know, the, the, there are people that are over us. I, I think of, you know, Daniel and how Nebuchadnezzar, he was a wicked man. He killed and he was destructive. And, he, you know, if I was under Nebuchadnezzar, I probably would just be, I would, I would be nowhere near the guy. I would say he's evil. He's wicked. I'm not going to serve under this. But Daniel served under Nebuchadnezzar. And even when he had a dream that he said, this is going to happen, he says, may it not happen to you, king. I don't even want to interpret it. It's against you. You're going to be judged and you're going to go through, you're going to be like a beast. But but you can see his heart. He cared about the position. He knew this man's an authority. Somehow, some way, God's allowed this wicked man to be an authority. 
And there's such a balance. I, I can't stand up here and say, oh, I've got this balanced right down. I know I, I can walk this. No, 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 no. There's many times I'm like, Lord, judge this guy. Take this guy out. Just do this. And, but there's a balance. We need to respect that office. God has placed people in government. But whenever they have laws that come against this Bible, we come against that. We don't submit to that. But any other laws, we have to submit to that. And we have to be careful what we say about the dignitaries. We can't, we have to watch our tongue when it comes to dignitaries, how we speak of them. We should come against their wicked laws. We should object them. We need to be careful what we say about the person. We should pray for that person and pray for us soon. Amen. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. As we come to your throne of mercy sound of our singing praise, it's the sound of our